Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding God podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Our guest for this week is Beth R. Beth is a proud military spouse of 25 years. She began a relationship with Jesus Christ a few years after she wed her military husband because of her involvement in Bible study. Beth and her husband saw their lives and marriage dramatically transformed by Christ and a biblical blueprint for marriage and began sharing that information with other military couples. After 25 years, her husband was ready to retire, but they weren't ready to leave gospel-centered ministry to the military behind. So they joined Crew Military Staff, a campus crusade for Christ's division, and moved to Colorado. They work as missionaries to the military and are engaged in ministry to cadets at the Air Force Academy and other ministries to couples and women at the four military bases in Colorado Springs. Beth is completing a master's degree from Gateway Seminary to better equip her for leading Bible study with military spouses and women. Beth is also publishing a book for military wives called Another Move God, 30 Encouragements to Embrace Your Life as a Military Wife with BMH Publishing in October of 2024. Beth and her husband have two kids in college and they are currently living in Colorado. So without further ado, here's the interview that I did with Beth. Hello, Beth. How are you doing today? I'm great. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I'm so excited to have you as a guest on the Finding God podcast. I'm so glad to be here. All right. Well, let's just get into this. I have a couple of questions I want to ask you. My first question is, what was your childhood like? Well, I had a really good childhood. Um, I have great parents. Um, I only moved a couple of times in my childhood, which is super different from my own children. Um, and we went to church regularly on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think that my faith was intellectual. Um, and I really didn't see, you know, having a relationship or really having God be any part of my life throughout the week. Um, I didn't see that as an important part of life. I totally get that because I know when I was a teenager, actually when I was younger, you know, it's like you went to church and you know God's at church and stuff. When you went home, it's just like, well, I can do my own thing. And I tell people, I remember even as a teenager, my mom had this thing about us listening to what she calls secular music. (laughs) And we chilling with the Christian music. So on a way, at that time I was driving, I had my own car, I was like 16. So I would drive to church. And I would listen to secular music on the way into church, and then I would turn it off. I'd go to church, and then when I left, 
I turned it back on. So it was a huge disconnect, like, oh, so maybe I shouldn't listen to this at all instead of, oh, but this is the time I can do this and this is the time I can do that. So I totally understand because it wasn't until I got older that I realized, oh, it's all together. You just don't dissect. I can do this at this time and this is okay at this time. So I totally understand where you're coming from. And I think that God is something that we should journey with us throughout all parts of life, you know, not just Sunday. No, that is true. But it's funny how it's like when you're a kid and you just have to you go to church on like one day and then you have the rest of the week. It's easy to see how it's easy to think, oh, well, on Sunday, this is when I go, this is when I spend time with God, and the rest of the week belongs to me. Yeah. And I, I you know, even though I have super great parents, um, and religion was important to them. They did not model, you know, um, being in the word, um, you know, or talking about God um, really much outside of Sunday. I get that. I totally do. So when you were a kid and you were going to church, what were some things that really made you interested in God? Well, it's interesting because I did a study several years back where you kind of did a timeline of your life and you look at um it really caused you to see some touch points with God that you perhaps didn't know had been there all along. Um, but some of the um, really good memories I have are I went to um, camp, uh, youth camp, um, to a Christian camp. I mean, I can remember feeling like God was much more present there, um, you know, through the worship and the songs we sang. Um, and then I do have very fond memories of um, lighting the Advent wreath um, and talking a little bit about, you know, the first coming of Christ um, as a child. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I know when we were younger, we went to like camp meeting and I can say this is the same thing. It just seemed like God was there. It was, just felt different. It was like a whole different atmosphere. than my Yeah, but I day. think I sadly kind of left him there, you know, and um, didn't, didn't touch base with God until he was at church camp again. I get that though. It's, I think that's totally normal for us to do. So let me ask you a question. So as you got older and you mentioned that you would be with God at church or at a camp and then you would just leave him there. As you got older into your adolescence and even your preteen years, like what did your relationship with God look like at that point? Well, I think I actually was farther, probably, that was probably the farthest um, from God. Um, you know, once I got, especially in high school and college, you know, began looking at um, what people around me were doing um, and being, you know, pretty selfish, doing my own thing. Um, in fact, I think the only time I went to church when I was in college is when I came home, you know, to visit my parents. Um, so it was I was definitely living um, a self-centered life at that time. Um, And so it really wasn't until um, after I got married, um, when I was um, dating my husband, you know, I told him that church was important to me, although I wasn't going. Yeah. Um, And I said, you know, I think we should go to church because that's just kind of what good married people do. (laughs) And uh, that he was not opposed to it um interestingly so but it wasn't until after we got married that we actually began to explore um you know what really does christianity believe 
um, and then eventually got in Bible study. And that's when I saw that faith in Christ is something that we do. We live out with our life. You know, I learned that worship isn't just what we do on Sundays when music plays. It's really the way we live our life as a living sacrifice. Um, But unfortunately, it did take um, a humbling experience where God got my attention and caused me to see a need for God. Um, And then as I sought to learn more about him um, is really when I came to realize that I was a sinner in need of saving. I think up till that point, I had thought that there was a scale on heaven that had my name on it. And as long as I did more good than bad, that I would go to heaven. And that's not biblical. Yeah, but it's crazy because it's like I've talked to many people, different religions raised differently, and we all have that same ideology, that same thought. And I think it's just because it's just the way it's taught. Like, oh, if you do this, then this is what you need to do to get to heaven. So it's almost like a list of instructions. You do this, 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 that, and the other, and you should go to heaven. Instead of, no, it's about getting to know God. I just think even if maybe it wasn't intended that way i just think that's the lesson that has been passed on to all of us from generation to generation that you do things and that's how you go to heaven yeah i think part of it too may have been the school i went to which was um in my middle school years was pretty well elementary middle school years was pretty works based mm-hmm. um so part of my you know journey to salvation is just seeing that you know, the standard by God is that I, I I only go to heaven if I've never sinned. And then if I have, I can't go unless I accept that Jesus came and died on my behalf. And he did live that perfect life. And so, you know, when he died on the cross, he took the penalty for my sin and, you know, anyone that would place faith in him. But that was really, that was really eye-opening to realize, oh, wow, if I've sinned even one time, which... Even if we told one lie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, then we're a sinner. And what we deserve is eternal separation from God. Um, yeah. So I that was just huge, recognizing that and recognizing that I needed a Savior, that I was a sinner. Mm-hmm. No, I totally get that. Now, you mentioned earlier about that you said something happened to you that was a humbling experience. Oh, if, yeah. Would you mind expanding upon that? or? Sure, yeah. Okay. So. Um, well, it was a couple things. First of all, um, I had married, I had met my husband at a wedding. I was a bridesmaid. He was a groomsman. Um, and he was in the military, but we dated long distance. So I had no idea what the military was about. He was a great man and I'm super happy I married him, but had I have known what it was all about, I don't, I don't know what I, that I would have thought it was a life I could do because we moved three times our first year of marriage. Oh, wow. Um, and then when we showed up, at that final duty station where we got to stay for a whole two years, um, he deployed right away. Oh, no. Um, and then deployed several more times and um, lots of trips away from home. Um, so there was that. And and I think we began to see that marriage was hard. Um, and I just kind of also started to see um, a, a part of myself that I wasn't so proud of but didn't know how to change because I really – 
did not like everything about the military and sadly I let my husband know that often um, and was pretty complaining and negative um, and and then on top of that um, then we started to try to have children and we are an infertile couple um, so both those things really caused me um, to want to reach out to God to want to know him better um, and then uh, we actually ran into some people my husband had been at college with who um, introduced us to a Bible study. They invited us to go to this Bible study on the book of Genesis. Um, and it was there that we saw, wow, a, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is possible and we don't have it. And it even took a little bit for us to figure out how to. And, and then just understanding that God's biblical standard is if we are a sinner, you know, what we deserve is eternal separation from God. Um, but it was reaching out to get to know God better. And then in that Genesis study, God really met me um, um, primarily through the character of Sarah, because Sarah has a lot of parallels to a military wife life. And you might not see it, but I do. I can see it, um, yeah. Because, you know, when, when God told Abraham and Sarah to go to a land, I will show you. Well, that's what we do in the military often. We call it a permanent change of station or a PCS. It's just a move. Um, and they were constantly moving and resettling. Only they were doing it with tents. At least I got to live in base housing. Yeah. Um, and I had moving trucks moving my stuff. You know, they had their animals. Um, and then just, um, you know, I really believe that when Abraham went off to fight with his 318 trained men against the four kings to rescue his nephew lot i believe that was a combat deployment um you know and sarah was sitting there in the home tent probably very worried yeah. you know about abraham going and leading these men um and then also sarah struggled with infertility you know for 25 years yeah. so all of a sudden i saw um and, and you know in the genesis account there's a there's an issue with Hagar, which is her maidservant, who she sent in to have uh, a child with her husband. And I, I won't go into the details of that. But when when God meets Hagar in the desert, she calls him the God who sees. Um, and through that whole account, I just felt so absolutely seen by a sovereign God. Through all these things, I felt like God was giving me all these guideposts to say, Beth, I see you. I see your struggles. I care about you. And I'm such an amazing God that I am going to divinely orchestrate your very first Bible study is all these points that line up with your life. And so literally my husband and I were studying the Bible and we were just like, it's coming alive. Like God is real. Um, and I've been passionate about Bible study ever since. <laughs> awesome and i find it amazing how your first bible study was actually something that you were kind of like dealing with going with and god had them talk about just that and every i think that's like an encounter with god to be honest because oh absolutely it's like who else would know what to pick to study on a week that you happen to show up it's like so many things that have to go into play for that to actually line up and happen and the fact that it did is totally amazing to me. I just love when things like that happen. Well, and you can imagine like the Bible study that we were doing had been written like 15, 20 years earlier. Yeah. God just happened to orchestrate that 
somebody my husband knew from college would just happen to invite us and then you know we do it um and and amazingly neither my husband or i were believers when we got married and then we both came to christ about the same time that is a blessing because i know a lot of times some people may struggle like maybe the wife or the husband will come to Absolutely. christ first and then it's like a struggle and then years later someone else comes but the fact that y'all were on the same page at the same time and he was willing when you said hey you know i think we should start going to church because that's what makes a good marriage and he was like willing to do that yeah. that says a lot well i actually think too that my husband had gone to church some mm -hmm. um but i had like gone to church and christian school and so i think that he had less of a pride barrier to get over because he really was seeking to learn because he didn't know a lot. And I had to get over the fact that I wasn't saved and that I didn't have all the answers and I did need a savior. Um, so, and actually, you know, I mentioned my husband was deployed a lot during this yeah. time. He was spending a ton of his free time in the chapel tent, um, asking the chaplains questions, just trying to figure out more um, because he was like, hey, we're doing this. I'm going to figure out what this christianity thing is all about but yes very gracious because i've met so many women over the years you know who've prayed for a long time for their husbands to come to christ and mm -hmm. and you know god was incredibly gracious absolutely now you mentioned a few minutes ago that you had a bigger pride barrier to overcome like your husband he didn't really have one because this was all new to him but you yeah. said that you had a pride barrier to overcome um if you don't mind what pride barrier or just could you just tell me a little bit more about that because yeah. I can I know where you're coming from I totally understand because I also had the same problem but I just want to hear you talk about it a little bit well I think because like I was raised going to some Christian school and in a home where we went to church every Sunday I thought I knew all the answers mm -hmm. you know so um I had you know God had to soften my heart to say you, you, I mean how I look back on it I didn't know anything I didn't know anything, um, but I thought I did, um, whereas my husband came into it knowing he didn't know, you know, so it was digging right away, and I had to, just had to get over myself, and that I actually didn't understand Christianity, and I, I didn't have a relationship, that intellectual belief that, yeah, because, I mean, he, here's where I was, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus died on my cross, on the cross for my sins, yeah, I know that, but no, but, like, recognizing personally no he took the penalty for me and then wanting to learn more about the bible um and just be teachable no i totally understand the reason i wanted you to talk about it a little bit more because i understand where you're coming from because i grew up in the church and i went to church school as well so i kind of knew a lot so i was at a point where if i was in church and i heard a sermon and the pastor or minister said something that if he even if he made a mistake and said the wrong name of a Bible character, I would just immediately turn off like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And so I had that kind of mentality, like, I know it all. You know, there's nothing more for me to learn. I'm good. And then when it came to developing that relationship with God and realizing, okay, so yeah, you may know Bible stories. You may know where to find scriptures, but you don't really know as much as you think you know about God because I had been told God was this way and he did this. And it was more of like a God who would punish you and you go to hell and all kinds of stuff. So I really thought that's how God was. And it wasn't until my daughter kind of pointed some things out one day we were having devotion 
And I know people on the podcast have heard this a lot, but that was the thing that really got to me. We were having devotion one day, and I was telling her about God and something that would happen if people weren't saved. And she was like, well, in that case, I don't think I want to get to know God. I don't want to know him. And I was like, why? And of course, I'm shocked. I'm just like, well, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm having devotion, and I'm talking to them about God. And she's like, because God sounds petty, and he just sounds mean. If that's how he is, I don't want to talk to him. And then, of course, I was horrified because then I, it took that moment and then I thought about it. And I was like, okay, so she only knows about God from what I'm telling her. So if she thinks he's petty and if she thinks he's mean, then I'm not doing a good job of talking about him. So that kind of made me go back and read and research and kind of start from the beginning. I love that. Yeah, because it's like it just took that moment for my daughter to be like, I don't want to know him. He seems petty. He seems mean. I was like, what? And I was like, what have I done? So then that was when I started to read and get a better understanding of God for myself. Because I realized if she thinks he's mean and horrible and don't want to talk to him or get to know him, then clearly I am not introducing her the right way to God. Yeah, that's a very, 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 very tiny part of the scriptures. Mostly it's his grace and compassion and mercy. Yeah. Well, I think also I realized... Once I began to learn more, I actually didn't know hardly anything. My biblical knowledge was terrible. You know, I knew a couple of the children's stories, um, and I knew the, I, I knew a lot of rote knowledge, but nothing was in my heart. Um, and then actually, um, you mentioned your kids. So my kids, um, eventually we ended up adopting and then having a child, um, and when I enrolled my kids in the Awana program, um, they were three and four. Mm-hmm. That was when I memorized my very first scripture because I was doing it with my children. So, I mean, I had no scripture, um, you know, I, I knew some information, but just, it was just nothing made it to my heart. It all just stopped right here at my forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really, once I started to realize I didn't know that much, then I couldn't get enough. You know, it was just like, oh, I have to learn more. I have to study the Bible more. I have to learn all these characters. It's just amazing. Um, and all the miracles and and just understanding. I mean, I continue to learn about Jesus through the gospels and all that he did and all that he came for and how every single Bible story in the Old Testament was pointing forward to the promise of Jesus that would be fulfilled in him. Yes, no, I understand. That kind of resonates because once I started to read on my own, I realized, oh, God's not a monster. He's not trying to trick me. He's not trying to get me to go to hell. He actually wants me to have a relationship with him and get to know him. And so that changed my whole mindset. And it was amazing because, like you said, once I realized that, then I couldn't get enough. I couldn't stop reading enough. And I would just sit down and just read for hours just because I wanted to get to know more about God. And so it's just amazing. Even now, I find myself throughout the day. It's not like when I pray, I usually don't say amen because I know I'm going to talk to God all day. And so (laughs) I do find myself like talking all day to God. And I do find myself when things start to annoy me, I start to get stressed. My God, what should I do? Because this is what I want to do, but I know I should not do that. So what do you want me to do? And I find it easier to make better decisions and not to act on how I'm feeling all the time because I'm asking God, what should I do? And actually listening to what he's telling me I should do rather than saying things like, 
well, I'm not going to get angry or I'm not going to do this because I'm not supposed to. That is difficult to do because whenever I said that, I did all the things I said I wasn't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But now when I'm like, God, this is what I'm going to do, but I need your help not to. What should I do? It's a whole different story. Yeah, and I think it's a, too just about keeping a hum- humble posture. Mm-hmm. That we don't know all the answers and we can't, we can't do it right. I mean, we can't go... If we try to um, strong will ourselves into being a Christian, all that's going to happen is we are going to fail, you know, and we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, which helps us. Mm-hmm. We just neglect to tap into that. But I think part of tapping into that is realizing I can't do this yeah. and I need God and he wants me to need him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it makes me think of, all right, a few years ago before the, before the pandemic, they had like a workshop and I like music. I like the singing and everything. So this church had a workshop with Donald Lawrence. He's a gospel musician and artist. Okay. He came and he was there. And so he was talking. Someone asked him, I think, about writing his songs and how he wrote his songs. And he was like, well, I usually just walk by myself and I'll talk to God. And he said, I come up with ideas. And he's like, God speaks. You just have to listen. And I think that is so true. I do believe God speaks to us every day, all the time. But we just have to take that time to listen to what he's telling us to do. And not just listen, but actually obey and trust that, okay, this is what God is saying to do. Even if it makes no sense to me, God knows the end from the beginning. So I'm just going to follow him and trust what he wants me to do. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and I think there's a lot of times in our life where he asks us to do something that doesn't make sense, but it's because he sees the bigger picture is not bound by time. And, you know, the older I get, I realize I'm just a little pinpoint in the world and there's all these pieces that are interacting and I can only see my little teeny, teeny part. But, you know, the older I get, I can look back hindsight's 2020 and I can see, Oh, wow. You know, God had a purpose for that. Like we had, we had we were not able to have children after um, we had our daughter, and then we had four failed adoptions after that. And I really, really struggled with understanding why why had God said no when when God you know all throughout the scriptures He talks about His heart for orphans mm-hmm. and orphan care. You know He commands us to care for them, um, but it took over ten years wow. to understand why God had said no. Um, and it's because I think what my husband and I do now, he's retired from the military now and we work full time uh, for a ministry. We're missionaries to the military and um, we do ministry with cadets at the Air Force Academy. And then we also do ministry with younger people at the other bases in town. I live in Colorado where there's five military bases right here in town. Um, and I think um, cadets are in and out of my home all the time. Like this weekend, I had four uh, spend the weekend here. I love that. And so I believe that God said no to the children that we would raise because he had many more spiritual children for me mm-hmm. that perhaps I wouldn't have been available to because we were looking at special needs kids from overseas. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not to say that one calling is better than the other, but it's God's sovereignty and God's plan. And we just have to trust that. And I love what I get to do now. I always joke around, like I'm an empty nester because both my kids are in college. 
Um, I'm an empty nester with lots of birdies that visit my house <laughs> all the time. But it's great because the the young people that you know are here all the time. I, mean, I disciple young women. Um, my husband and I do pre-marriage counseling for the couples that are engaged. Um, but they want to hear my wisdom. They want to be a part of my life. They want to know what I think about things. Um, and, you know, it, it's just a really joyous, life-giving relationship. Not that my children aren't. They are. Um, but it's just a special blessing. And, you know, I trust God's plan. Um, and for, you know, over 10 years, I didn't know why, but I just kept saying, I trust God. Yeah. And it's amazing because sometimes it's like you're able to see now what God really needed you to do. And sometimes, though, while you're in the moment, while you're in that gap and you don't really know, it's difficult to understand what's going on. Because we read Bible stories and it's it's like once you think about it, like with David, from the time... God told him, okay, you're going to be king when he was young. And then it was a long time. It was a long time, but it doesn't seem like it because you're just reading through the scriptures and it just seemed like it happened overnight. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times, like these blessings and miracles and people who pray for years for things, like they didn't see the answer until years later. But for us, it, it seems different because we already read the scripture. We know what the end is. But when it comes to our own lives, it's not like that. We have to wait. And we have to see, okay, God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Just to know God's answer. But it's amazing how even with that, he answers and he lets you know, okay, so this is why I delayed this. So this is why I gave you this or I didn't give you this. It's amazing how God still speaks and lets us know, okay, this is what I was doing. This is what was going on. Yeah, and I do think that um, when we are newer believers, he doesn't make us wait so long. At least he didn't in my life. The more we mature in our walk, the more he he challenges us more in our faith, you know. Um, you know, and initially when we were struggling, you know, with the whole infertility things, God led us in, in a bit quicker manner. Like he led us toward adoption and he made it abundantly clear that he was leading that. You know, as we matured, he was like, okay, you're just going to have to be content and trust me, even though you can't see, you know. Um, but you know, we don't get to set the timetable. It's God's timetable. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you a question. Sure. If there was someone out there actively looking for God, what advice would you give them? I would encourage them to begin studying the Bible and they might not know where to start. Um, if you're really wanting to understand the character of Christ, um, I would recommend the gospel of John. Um, read it and then pause and, and it's actually can be hard to understand, but it's so, so rich and it's my favorite gospel. Um, but read it, pause, ask God. Um, you can even Google, there's a, um, there's a website I love. It's called askquestions.org. No, gotquestions.org. I love that one. Yeah, I love it. I think it's really, really good. Um, if you're wanting to start in the old Testament, I mean, honestly, I love Genesis as the beginning, and it's so foundational. Um, and also, ask to meet with a Christian that you know and just say, hey, I've got some questions. Can I flesh this out with you? Because um, I think, I mean, God created us to love him, but he also created us for community. 
And if you don't know a Christian, pray for God to help you meet one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think it's good to ask these questions. We all have to, we all have to figure it out and we all started somewhere. Absolutely. And I like how you said, ask God to show you someone to talk to, because God will absolutely put someone in your path. Even if you don't know them, he will lead you to them so that you can get your question answered. Even if it's a random stranger, God will tell you who to talk to and who to Well, and he works by his spirit to those who follow him. So Mm -hmm. he can also speak to someone that's supposed to talk to you if you've got some questions. I mean, God can do that. Yeah. Because I've had a lot of encounters like that. Someone either spoke to me about something that I was dealing with or God was like, Kiana, reach out to this person. And I did it and I found out they were really going through a lot of things. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Beth, for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure having you here. And I absolutely loved our conversation. Great. Well, it was a blessing to be here. If your listeners want to um, check out what I write about the spiritual walk of a military and the military spouse, they can check out my website. It's Beth Runkle. That's R-U-N-K-L-E.com. And I just love to share with your listeners. Awesome. And guys, I'll have this in the show notes. So if you didn't write it down, or if you're driving, don't worry about it. It'll just be in the show notes. And all you have to do is click on the link. Well, this was super fun. Thanks so much for the opportunity. You're welcome. I absolutely love this interview. I especially like how Beth talks about how she and her husband dealt with infertility and how through her disappointment and uncertainty, God showed himself strong in her life and answered her prayers. My favorite part of the interview was when Beth talked about how she had five failed adoptions and it wasn't until later that she was able to see her purpose and understand why she was not able to adopt. So if there is something that you have been praying about and asking God for, be encouraged and know that whether God tells you yes or no, that he has your best interest at heart and he has a plan for your life. Even if you can't see the answer to your prayers right now, trust him and know that his love for you is endless and that he has already answered your prayers. The song that we're going to listen to this week is from our artist of the week, P. Rich, and we will be listening to his single, Open. Yeah, I just wanted to tell my story and where I came from. I just wanted to be open and and vulnerable for a second, so. Okay, I wake up, it was a normal day like any other. Blood pumping and my face feeling like fourth is something. I was no stranger to the rain and this feeling in my veins. It's been almost since 11, excitement like Christmas came. It had finally come the time to get what I had been dreaming about. I had thought I'd seen the signs, felt like I was straight reaching out. Didn't know it would turn up to be the start of my whereabouts. Yet this feeling took my life and held me captive yeah. in failing I'm standing on the wall feeling all in charge. That's when things start to change. Yeah. Something hit my guard, stress, I feel my heart. I don't have time to pray. Yeah. What's this really mean? Is it really me? Can I just get a breath? Yeah, little did I know how far that it would go, it was anxiety, yeah Wake up every morning, is it still storming, how do I get over pain, yeah I thought it might end with the blessings, I had just got on the train, yeah Why I feel like the walls are just start closing Don't know how to deal, I was fine, but now I'm falling yeah, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay 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 it's 
gonna be okay, okay, okay. okay. The stress has turned to depression. I ain't wanna live no more. Please, God, please open up these doors. And these hands fill it full of stones. I think that I'm gonna jump, and all the pain will go away. Yeah, I just gotta give up. This fight I'm facing, so complacent. I don't wanna live like this. Yeah, I need something bigger than me. I got these guns on my wrist. Tired of hiding from all my family. Down as I was falling, seeing now demons flee. Now, yeah, I was calling. Yeah, he took the pain off. I'm forever grateful. And now I'm waking up every morning saying thank you. Palms out, sometimes all you gotta do is ask. Holy Spirit interfere, I'm tired of this mask. I'm finally free, yeah. I finally see, yeah. You were here with me, all you needed was a key. Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and for listening to another inspirational story about how people find God. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and make sure you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I will also love it if you would leave a review for the podcast so that you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. If you would like to get in contact, with Beth, P. Rich, or myself, all of our contact information can be found in the show notes. And all you have to do is click on the links below and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would like to be a guest and I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a date and time to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song for the show. In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song that you would like to submit. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.